You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage I'm Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here, so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello guys, I'm so excited to get to talk to you today about all things attachment and the Enneagram Centers of Intelligence. So that sounds like a very nerdy title and it is not actually because we're really looking at things not just from the headspace that I can tend to do sometimes, but also from the heart space, also from the body space so that we can all balance out and try to together glean some ideas about what healthy attachment in marriage really looks like, especially when most of us pick spouses that differ at least a bit from us. And so cool if you actually have a spouse who is part of your triad where you're like, oh no, we both get how important uh, heart is or head or body because I do think that there's different advantages to uh, walking through different commonalities together and this is your turn. And we'll find somebody else where we're like, oh, you're both positivity triad or you're both self-pres instinct or sexual instinct. So I can always try to find some line of connection with you. We've got to hope all the time. But If you don't agree here, this episode is especially for you because I'm going to help you to see how those twos, threes, and fours who are our heart types or our five, sixes, and sevens who are our head types or our ones, eights, and nine who are our body slash instinct types experiencing the world through their five senses uh, can align together in marriage with healthy attachment. So before we get to that, I want you to make sure you check out the show notes to see the wonderful winners of our Monday contest when we had Kate Halleck on to talk about her mystery, her first Enneagram mystery ever. And I'm so excited that she was able to invent an Enneagram murder mystery book. I was even more excited to read it. And then of course, to gift our listeners who won the types of her and her husband even more so. So the fun just kept going on. And I can tell you now her types and her husband, Adam's type, and she is a type nine and her husband, Adam is a five. And some of the clues that she gave up were that she can relate with each of the types. You saw a kindness and a thoughtfulness. There's even clues embedded within her books. I can't tell you those, but I really also just, I notice her calm, present, peaceful voice. It actually reminded me of my late mom. I was like, Oh, like her vocals of just peace and my daughter, uh, just hearing that I'm like, oh yeah, these micro expressions can also help to detect a type. And then also her husband, she gave away the fiveness of him by saying how he likes to stick to the basic facts at work and he doesn't want as much chit chat. Not that fives can't get into their own uh, fun side conversations about some of their interests, but it was a really good indicator when she said, you know, he's an air traffic controller. He likes to plan things well, very organized in that way, uh, but also really likes to stay to the actual work while at work uh, and not leave that track. Uh, So I thought that those were fun clues and types. Also, she said he let her do the research. And of course, we know our fives love research. So uh, he made space for her to dig in, do her book research. She also shared that she was a nine who loves routines 
I could go on. I'm not going to. You guys get the point. These people figured it out. They were a great sleuth, so they get her book, and they also get one of our Supper Sleuth Mystery Dinner Games. Other than that, in our life, we are ready to graduate a child this week, so I'm very excited about that, and I also feel like I need to listen to this episode myself to make sure that I don't get into a state of uh, unhealthy attachment when I could lack trust. So we're going to talk about all the types today, and I'm excited with you uh, in these triad sort of ways, and then once we get to Monday's episode where we're sharing a big e announcement, I really want you to know we're going to go through each and every Enneagram type one by one. So if you're that kind of person who's like, I'm looking for that, then make sure you tune in on Monday because I'm going to take you through every single type and we're going to have fun with it too. But okay, let's talk about attachment in general first. And I'll remind you that if you just want to know an in general non-Enneagram way of examining your own attachment levels, one that I gave to those inside of my membership group, which was, I thought, a very good, uh, just a one-time quiz was through the attachment project. And they could help you to understand if you have secure attachment, which is, of course, the most ideal of all the attachments. We all want secure attachment. Or if you had anxious attachment or avoidant dismissive attachment or even disorganized where you're not super healthy but you're like I'm a combination of anxious and dismissive hot cold um and also as we share all these you might even be thinking of enneagram types so I want to start this episode by saying each and every enneagram type can have healthy attachment and each and every Enneagram type can have unhealthy attachment. So it's like we work up the levels of development and health and say, oh, you know, the healthiest of people, whatever their type, probably have had some secure attachment in their lives. In other words, a good enough parent is what we call that in psychological terms or a caregiver, somebody who said you are loved and your needs are going to be tended to most of the time. And by the way, that's not all the time. I just had a session with uh, a teenager recently about that. And, and what's hard about attachment is we actually look for errors in our environment as humans and we scan for times that our partners or our parents weren't there for us. And it's just so important that we all as a whole, as a collective here, really look at how to remember actively and intentionally that we are loved and hopefully we even have a faith life shoring you up, but also just that sense of I can sigh. I can take a deep breath remembering that most of the time we are there for each other as a family or as a couple and uh, maybe even the community you've set yourself around to. But know this, nobody has perfect attachment. There's no such thing as a perfect parent or a perfect spouse. So that's a myth. But each of the types has the potential to get healthier. And I know when we went through this with my collective, as I was sharing, it was fun for people to share their testimonies that maybe before they had started doing their work on themselves years back, they said, oh, I used to have disorganized or anxious attachment, and now I scored as secure attachment. So you might as even find yourself in that boat too. And that's why I'm excited to just leave that in the show notes for you to be able to take that test, see where you are, and don't feel bad if you're like, oh, I didn't realize it. My spouse was saying how uh, stressed I was or how anxious or disorganized I was. And now I realize maybe there's something to that. So make sure you know you are worthy of mental health care and self-care and figuring it out and slowing down. Um, 
But on this mini episode, let's just look at a few of the ways that we can bump heads with each other or hearts or bodies. You know, I'm going to say heads, Um, but so that we can start to just be aware and hopefully more aligned. So the first group I'm going to just briefly mention is these heart types, twos, threes, and fours. And this group can really take time with uh, noticing when other people are not giving them full uh, attention. And uh, that can help them to feel like their attachment is off, whichever of those four styles. I mentioned. Uh, They can just really be triggered when there's a lack of attention on them. So uh, if you're a two, three, or four, you know that. You know how important it is not to feel rejected. And if you're a spouse of a two, three, or four, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lean into that versus trying to change them and make them into somebody that they're not. I want you to just know this is a deep issue for them. And it's important that I feed that attention to them. And I also want you to know if you're a parent of a heart type to keep that in mind too, or maybe you think your child's forming into a heart type. I know um, Wes and I have a shadow there being one thinker and one body type. And sometimes we could truly miss our daughter's primary motif, especially since the other two children seem to be thinking in body type like us. So our heart type daughter needs a bit more uh, attention there because she really craves attention And she also has a desperation for knowing, is she worthy? And we could analyze all day why that's the case. You know, I've done it on air many times about this child, Uh, but you also know I adore her and that I want her to feel attention and love. And so even today, I was like, when are we having our special time this week? Let's make sure we schedule that in. And I've come to learn that for her, um, she doesn't want to do what I would want to do, which is like checklists and making sure like we're having a snack while we're getting all your college apps applications, uh, you know, well, she's done with that part, but like now we're getting the orientations done and stuff. And, and she's like, let's just be together. Let's just have attention together. Let's just think about our memories together. And, and so if you're that spouse or that parent, uh, understand that it may just be a wonderful gift to you to step into that person's attachment style, as well as of course a challenge because you're not used to it. So Take the deep breath, take the pause with me, and I welcome yourself to that. Now, if you're a thinking type, then you are that five, six, or seven. Generally speaking, that's probably where you land most, even though we all know we have even more uniqueness and nuance. But if you're landing there first, you're probably going to feel the worst about your attachment when you feel a sense of distrust. And that's going to be how you view your family and your spouse. You're going to say, oh my gosh, like now I realize why our attachment hasn't been as good because for me, it's not about the attention you've lavished. It's about the the trust that I have or don't have for you. And you've already heard me say today that sometimes we're scanning for that one little piece of information that may be off. And for a thinker, we can really scan quite a bit here. So something I've learned to say to Wes is, um, you know, I'm I'm just kind of going back for a second and and pausing on something you said because I'm overanalyzing it and I want to know what it meant. And I can tell so many stories about what it meant when it did not mean that, guys. So I'm sure if you're a thinking type, you're laughing with me and you've done that too. And you've had this entire literal world, like a Lord of the Rings inside your head. And it's like, no, that did not mean that at all. I just literally meant I wanted to go to the store or like a cigar, it's just a cigar, whatever it is. So just be patient with your thinking types. Also understand that if you're married to a thinking type, your gift to them is not to change them. That's how they survived in the world. Of course, I want you to influence them, but let them have their gift. And then also temper that by, by saying, let's giggle together over the fact of 
That is not true. So don't worry and take it seriously enough, especially if they're in that sixth space where they're like, I am desperate. I am highly reactive. Like, don't just calm me down by giggling with me about it. Like sit with me and hold me. And there might be those moments too. So give in to those, lean in to tell your person that they can trust you. And if trust has been broken, understand that for this group, it's going to be a long ride to build it back. But if you're in this group, please let them build it back because that's not fair to them if you never allow them that chance. That's just so important to, to even if it takes like little by little by little, let them back in. You both deserve secure attachment. All right. Now, the body types, which I actually think make up most of our group here, just because I've looked at the data and I think there's a lot of eights and nines out there. Um, so also ones, but that's that group here. These people experience the world through the five senses. You know who you are. You are even listening to the audio quality right now and, and noticing every nuance of the sounds around you and how you're feeling in the room and what the temperature is. Is and and you can't help that any more than it's also a beautiful gift for you to have because you guys notice the things that need to be changed. You notice the injustices. And that's exactly where uh, your issues come in is when you feel like there's been an injustice. And for you, that's where attachment can break is when you feel like your spouse isn't doing right or wrong. And it feels like, wow, I thought we were on the same page and that we were together. I felt so attached because we had a mission together and you've changed or I thought you were on the mission and you're not. And that's just a hard space for that person. So if you're married to somebody in this justice body triad, understand that they do have this gift of right and wrong. And yes, I meet people of body types who are like, far left or far right. And they both feel like I've got the end of uh, all the truths. And so I do want to like, let's remember God's truth is God's truth. But at the same time, they do have a good sensation for justice and they do generally care about right and wrong in a way that is beautiful and unique to them. Just like the other groups trying to keep everyone safe and the other groups trying to keep everybody loved. This group is trying to keep you guys right and on the right path. So I want you to lean into that as much as you can in your gifting so that it's not a shadow for you. I want you to let them have their gift here, but I also want you to try to lean in to help them to be more comfortable. If they tell you the temperature's off, even though you might feel not a big deal at all, then I want you to try to give it attention knowing this is how they read the world. This is their compass. This is their map. And it, it looks the way your map does to you. It looks correct. So lean into that as a spouse. And um, if you're crossing these triads, like I said, understand that it can cause some attentional ruptures to your attachment because it can feel like, ooh, like I didn't feel attached because I didn't feel trust and you didn't feel attached because you felt you were right. Let's really process this through our centers and just at least look at that with curiosity uh, so that we know that we both really care deeply. And you know, I love Brittany from Enneagram Explains line that she shared once. She said, we all care, but we just care differently. So remember that with me, guys, we are going deeper on Monday and I can't wait to talk every single type with you out. But for today, take one tip with you. Make sure you grab it. Think of it right now. Take a nice deep breath and bring it back to your family. 
even if it's just a cool insight to share like, ah, I was reminded to give you more attention as a heart type, or I was reminded to come around you and build trust, or I was reminded to allow you some space in those five senses and and to ask you your opinion on uh, where we're going because I know that you're so detailed or justice-oriented. But I also want you to just say, I also know my type comes with a shadow that I need to look at and, and remember and, and remember that, like I said, that humans are scanning for trouble. And so instead of looking for that gap, look at the gain. Here's what we already have. Your narrative speaks so loudly, both in your marriage and through research, to say that those couples who are able to tell healthy stories about one another in their relationship tend to be the happiest. So that's what I want for you guys. And I want you to take that with you into your midweek or whenever you're listening. Congrats to the winners of our contest. And I cannot wait to see you next week where we talk all things attachment and our big news. Okay, talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.